and he had this really muscular strong guy who had his knee on his chest eventually he came back to consciousness again and then he just lifted everyone up like it was nothing i have warned you before i'm not leaving this body once the streaming begins the screaming will too this is rps radio paranormal singapore Hello, hello, and welcome to Radio Paranormal Singapore. RPS is a Singapore-produced podcast where we detail, discuss, and dissect paranormal encounters submitted by friends, fans, and listeners. The team is made up of myself, Timo, a radio DJ, veteran paranormal investigator E.T., our interviewer extraordinaire Sham, and professional nurse and sensitive Kim. Together, we try to make some sense out of the most incredible, unexplainable experiences. And if you've had one of those yourself, we would love to hear from you and feature your story in our next show. All our contact details can be found on our Facebook page at Radio Paranormal Singapore. Now, the following episode is taken off one of our recent FB Live shows in condensed audio format. To watch it in full, find and follow us on Facebook. Our first series of stories comes from Shamsunda. This is a friend of a friend of mine. I met him through a party and stuff. Let's just call him Irfan. He spent most of his time in New Zealand, but then he was a Singaporean citizen at that time, so he had to go back to NS to do his uh, national service and stuff. And pull out the comb where he did part of his training. In national service, you have, I guess you have the buddy system. So he and his buddy, Irfan and his buddy finished training um, and then they went back to their dorm. And then before that, they went to have a shower. And you know, you have had those shower cubicles, right? So they went to adjacent uh, shower cubicles. Okay, so, so he was showering, um, no worries at all. And then his friend, at the adjacent shower cubicle asked him to pass the shampoo bottle so i mean the only way he could pass the shampoo bottle is just to the top right so uh irfan just passed the shampoo bottle and his buddy just snatched it away from him okay so he was like okay that's kind of weird because his buddy is known to be a really nice guy so this was kind of out of character for him but he was like oh that's kind of rude but he was like okay whatever and then uh, soon after the buddy finished showering, he knew that he came out of the shower cubicle because he heard his flip-flops coming out of the bathroom. And immediately soon after, Irfan also came out of the shower cubicle immediately after his, his buddy came out, okay? But then as he came out, he, he didn't see anyone there. No one was there. He heard flip-flop, flip-flops earlier. And when he immediately came out after his shower, he saw no one there. And then he looked into the cubicle to see whether the shampoo bottle was there. It wasn't there, so it was empty. The cubicle was empty, no shampoo bottle was there whatsoever. So it was like, okay, that's weird. So he went back to his dorm. He asked his buddy, hey bro, like, when did you like finish showering? He was like, I finished showering like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, okay, that's strange. And then he was like, okay, do you have my shampoo bottle? He was like, no, I didn't take your shampoo bottle or anything. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, okay. And so he went back to the shower cubicle. When he went back to the shower cubicle and he looked into the shower cubicle that his buddy was in, in the middle of the shower, shower cubicle on the floor, the shampoo bottle was sitting right in the middle there. Yeah, then he was like, okay, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it as it is and get, get out of here. Radio Paranormal Singapore. What did you think? What did I think? I would have thought that maybe you're somebody playing a prank because mm. you know in the army there's so many of us. Mm. So you rarely get one or two guys in the toilet. It's usually you know either a few people using the toilet or there are other people walking around. Yeah. But it was weird when he came back to discover that shampoo bottle in the center of the cubicle. And he said when he walked by, he looked into the cubicle on his way mm-hmm. out of the the bathroom. He, he didn't see anything there, not even a shampoo bottle. That's why he thought his his mm-hmm. uh, his bug mate had had taken the bottle with him, right? Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's inhabitant of the toilet. Perhaps. And I and I, yeah. I figured this story is going to be extra special to you, right? Because you also get freaked out when you are naked, with no clothes, yes, no underwear, showers. and then you know get creepy <laughs> things. Because <laughs> if you are ever going to encounter a hantu, you cannot be naked. 
That's how, you know Shams, how you know Shams hey. so well about not wearing clothes and stuff like because that? Because he shared the story with us in the first Facebook Live. He's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. what happens to him, right? As long as his nether regions are protected. He thinks that death little piece of dishonor, fabric. Yeah. Death before dishonor, you know. If you're going to find me dead and scared of fight or something, must I better look be. good. <laughs> yeah, you know, not naked or what, you know. At least look cool. Uh. Toga, maybe uh, Toga will do. Or a cod piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, maybe a kilt. I don't know. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So you, you think it was it was genuine or, or you know someone was pulling a prank on him? Nah, I think this story is genuine. Alright, over to you, Kim. I'm not quite sure. I mean like is isn't I, I, I couldn't relate. La. So basically the cubicles, do they have doors? Most of the time, yes. Nowadays, yes. My yeah. time, no. Yeah. Last time, yeah, not even so cubicles. It's just like one long line. With yeah. yeah. You can feel what? each other. You can really feel each other. And then once in a while, your, your, your buddy next to you be like, hey, bro, can you help me scrub my back? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me but pick up I the soap. <laughs> it's like he's quite brave to actually, you know, after returning to the bunk and he returned back to the same shower area. Mm. Just to double check. Yeah. Well, he maybe he, he really wanted the shampoo. Yeah, like, yeah, the shampoo. I, shampoo. I, shampoo. Know, I have to get back my shampoo. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but but he heard someone requesting for it. You know, someone yeah. asking for the shampoo. Hmm. Yeah, and he felt like you know someone grabbing it as well. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine, right? If it wasn't just a, a voice that went, "Can I borrow your shampoo?" If it was a voice that said, "Can you come over and help me scrub?" Wow. <laughs> Right. I wouldn't want. Yeah, wow, no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> that means something else, Tim. <laughs> Et. Okay, I know you're gonna hate this for me. Uh, you know, army boys, right? After training, you know, they are not the most energetic and stuff like that. So, you know, they tend to be really tired. You know, uh, as the script goes, and probably brain dead as well. So, I'm just wondering if he was imagining things. Uh, if it's not that. Actually, I really think it was his buddies playing a prank on him because I have done so before. Okay, um, just give you an example like one stormy night, right? Because uh, I was in charge of this building and then my friends were patrolling the entire building and it was, you know, it, it was a weekend, half the lights are on, half the lights are off. I actually played this like hantu sound sound, the entire PA system. What, so what the usual mean by crowd, hantu sound sound? So I find those, you know, screaming and then the hantu voices and everything. Uh, scarier than that oh, bro. Oh. so usually it takes two hours to prowl they came back in 45 minutes like all sweating and everything <laughs> so I mean I love playing pranks and I'm sh- and don't underestimate the pranks that NS boys can do because mm. I, I thought of the entire thing I think I could have carried it out uh, uh, pranking my friend okay what would you have done yeah so he heard slippers right oh. so obviously the buddy was there he took the shampoo took off his slipper and then chabo with the bottle so he came out and tried to look for his bicycle oh no I didn't go to the toilet Right, he's a very good guy. Doesn't not the kind that plays pranks. Very nice what guy. Thing lah, someone going, <laughs> hey, let's go. You are the best person to do this, bro. He won't suspect it's you, and then oh. you know, and make him evil because army changes you. War changes of course, you. Of course, if not, the mm. fella won't give him an extra night snack or something like that. Or maybe so, the fella stole his night snack. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe lah. So actually, they want to steal the night snack. You see, so then they put the the shampoo bottle, and then after he's scared, no appetite, then they can eat his extra food lah. Hmm. So I really did do think that it's possible. Bro, we've been to the army. Nobody tries to steal your food, okay? Food's not that great. <laughs> if anything, you're trying to give away your food. I don't know where you were. You know, my night snack was not worth stealing. Really? Yes. I mean, my time was, yeah, we'll steal each other's pao. I mean, yeah. What, what do you mean, <laughs> steal each other's pao? Is this like... The leftover Kongguan pao. Oh, Kongguan pao. I thought like grabbing yeah. your buns or something. I don't know. That one is when you drop your sofa. <laughs> So I really do think it's a prank and I think it's really possible to carry it out. Uh, Irfan uh, worked as a paramedic in NS. So one late night, in the middle of the night, uh, the officers woke him up to say, we've got a situation. Then he was he was groggy and all that. He was like, oh, what's going on in the middle of the night at this moment? So, so they went downstairs um, and then so there's this area separated by a white boundary okay so when you enter that area you can't you have to wear a uniform you have to do all the formal stuff okay so they saw this malay guy running across the white boundary just running along the white boundary continuously like the officers tried to stop this uh, this malay guy and like he wouldn't stop he just continued running he just kept on running they didn't want to manhandle him okay so they just they were trying so they they initially thought he was acting up because he wanted to get out of ns or something like that right he was acting up and then he just kept running running so irfan and the officers were watching him one of the things that they noticed was every step that he was running 
he was running exactly on the white boundary okay he was running exactly on the white boundary and each step he took was of a similar distance from one another it, it wasn't like he was slowing down or anything like he he was running at a regular pace like the pace distance was equal to one another every time he ran and then he wasn't looking on the ground as well and when he turned at the corners he would turn abruptly like not how a normal person would turn like he would just turn like that and then continue running and then t- uh, turn at the corners like that um so irfan actually thought okay he asked the officers like uh, is he known to be a good runner or something like that you know in his uh, in his group or whatever and then the officers were like no he's not particularly known to be a good runner or anything like that um, and he's a really skinny guy okay so he didn't seem like, i guess he didn't seem like a fit like a good runner as well uh, and he's not known for running um so the, he just kept running and running and running and then at one point he collapsed to the ground suddenly okay how i mentioned like initially they thought that he was just acting up to get out of ns like that right so if you were to collapse to the ground uh like a normal person who would be aware of that would try to break their fall naturally with like their arm or whatever but then he just collapsed to the ground his head hit the floor like that and he said started bleeding and he just went unconscious a random system shut down <laughs> yeah 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 so he started bleeding so they put the bandage up um after a while he woke up again and he did the same thing started running around the white boundary just like that um and one thing they also noticed was that he was mumbling something in chinese know that he was a malay guy but he was mumbling something in chinese and no one no one could understand what he was saying so they knew this guy within the ns that is knowledgeable about this all these chinese dialects or whatever you know to to come and get him to try and tran- translate what he's saying right in the meantime like while he was running they tried to like call him out to ask him to stop they didn't try to manhandle him just yet then after a while he collapsed again <laughs> same way then this time they put him on a stretcher and then they had a few people pinning him down so that when he wakes up he doesn't go back running again so they had two two people holding his arms irfan was holding his head another two people holding uh, his legs pinning down his legs and they had this really muscular strong guy uh, who had his knee on his chest so eventually he came back to consciousness again i'd like to like emphasize that he was a skinny really skinny guy okay so he woke up is glad directly at the guy who had his knee on his chest and then he just lifted everyone up like it was nothing and then they were like okay okay let's back off let's back off and then he continued doing the same thing again he started running uh, again also like i mentioned that he wasn't looking at the ground while he was running right they also noticed that his eyes were rolled up as well but his head was looking straight the head looking straight yeah i'm assuming yeah looking straight yeah by this time they managed to get the guy who was like knowledgeable about this chinese dialects and all that right so they asked him to translate uh, what that malay guy was saying uh, for, first of all he said that what he was speaking was an old cantonese dialect a cantonese dialect that's not spoken in the current age okay uh, secondly like whatever he uh, made out from what he said was i have warned you before i'm not leaving this body that's what he made out from the translation okay then the officers called up that guy's parents and asked him like uh, does does did he grow up learning chinese or something like that and then the parents was like uh, no he doesn't know chinese let alone malay properly so <laughs> then then they were like oh what is this about then uh, the officers never went like don't worry about it and then they put the phone down uh, they didn't talk further also while he was running as well one of irfan's friends started reading the quranic verses <laughs> when he started reading the quranic verses that guy who was running stopped and started walking directly to the guy reading the quranic verses then irfan told him to stop reading when he stopped reading immediately he went back again started running again continued running again so for the final time he collapsed and this time they were like okay let's put him on a stretcher let's bring him back to the main line okay so they got an ambulance they they put, put him on a stretcher as they were carrying him on the stretcher there were few people carrying him on the stretcher he was going in and out of consciousness so when he was unconscious it was very easy to carry him on the stretcher 
But when he came back to consciousness, they had this insurmountable weight just pulled down on them. Like they couldn't even carry him properly. So that happened like a few times. And then eventually like they managed to get him back to the main mainland. Uh, he was admitted to the hospital um, and then he was discharged a few minutes after because his parents came and took him. Um, in the discharge notes, it said that they like they put him on like a very high sedative enough to make someone unconscious but still even with the sedatives he he was going in in and out of consciousness okay so the parents like eventually they took him to the mosque and then he was there for three days and apparently he was all right after that radio well it's 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 hard for me to explain because usually when he mentioned with the eyes rolled back in biology your eyes rolls back when you have like loss of muscle tone when you're unconscious but his eyes were rolled back when he was running hmm. at a speed so what know? does that what does that show well i'm not too sure but it sounds a little bit more like possession because hmm. my best friend had a similar experience hmm. where she had the same thing um well she's she was talking in a different voice um and her eyes were rolling back as well when while she was talking to us and then she just ran off and what happened was the next thing she was screaming running downstairs and she just hit her hand um onto like a glass panel and it was like spurting like the blood was like spurting because it's cut the artery and the veins hmm. I don't know what happened. They jabbed her with um, some tranquilizer. And then after that, a week after we visited her, she couldn't remember anything. She couldn't remember anything? Zero recollection. She was fine though. She was she was like in the classroom talking to us and suddenly she just switched to another person. Well, you know yeah. what? We, we might be hearing a story similar to that coming up next, okay? Uh, mm. But first, any other comments that you have for, for this last one involving uh, Irfan uh, and, and the running man around the parade square? It sounds like a possession. La. I, I believe that it, it's more likely like a possession. Okay. And also speaking in like the olden days kind of Cantonese, yeah. it's, it's, very, it's very rare. And coming from like a, a person who has not you know, exposed to that language or even learn any other languages. Okay, but what about the being really, really skinny? Because Shamsuna said that many, many times. This guy's very, very mm. skinny, you know, not known to be a strong person. We also have heard mm. of people, you know, adrenaline coming into a factor and then being able to do superhuman things like lift people off and all that. That could be explained, right? I mean, in, in medical terms, right? Well, not really. Adrenaline will not push a person to do that I mean especially we, we, we've with, heard with their eyes rolled like, there's only two ways two situations mm. that will have like super strength I guess is adrenaline and also pain because it's actually like a fight or flight right mm. mm-hmm. alright Sham what did you think uh, I think in camp one of the places you most likely run into a situation like this probably would be the parade square especially if it's an older camp uh, if you know what the parade square is actually used for right apart from parades it's used um, for when the units retreat and they need a place to lay out all the battle dead. Mm. So if a camp in Singapore is old enough, it may have been used for that purpose before. Yeah, that, uh, that's why you're not allowed to cross the parade square because it's hallowed ground. I did not. Oh, I never knew that. I never knew that. Okay, thank you for that, Sham. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, ET. Yeah, so interesting to note, uh, Sham said that, you know, uh, the parade square is somewhere that's like holy or sacred. Yeah. So I want to know uh, if my sergeant or officer is uh, watching this, uh, why do you all use the parade square to tekan us every other night? It's a holy place. Why you I always there? ask the same question. Like, yeah, exactly. It's respected ground, right? So why do you do it there? We've got yes, a field yeah. and everywhere else, right? Okay, anyway, um, the first thing that, that, that came to my mind was sometimes, you know, it's a platoon mate. Someone does this, right? Running around and then like people try to stop, you cannot stop. People think about Chao King. Like, this guy is trying to act like something wrong so that, you know. Mm. But seriously, if it's really Chao King, this guy should get the Oscars. La. If it's an act, right? It's a terror kind of act, la, okay? So to me, this really sounds... <coughs> <clears throat> like uh, Sorry, what, uh, like, wait, wait, wait. I have to. I feel like I have to <clears throat> raise his volume uh, based on what he's about to say. I think I need to take to a say. toilet break or something. Uh, wait, 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 hang on, hang on. Why are my hands all sweaty? <laughs> Tell us, Et, what do you think it is? This sounds like a classic case of possession. Okay, um, the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the, the reason why it's because of the, I mean, there are a lot of telltale signs. A uh, strong man couldn't control one person. Typical sergeant officer, they cannot even control this guy. That's something wrong already, right? 
and the thing is he spoke in a different language um, already the mum said mm-hmm. his, his own second language also cannot make it why <laughs> speak Cantonese right and uh, you know usually in, in army we use we learn uh, Hokkien but usually the vulgar words uh, we don't learn so much Cantonese so this guy was speaking some Cantonese right and um it's either he was a very determined person at running or really there was a hantu inside him. Like, I don't think anyone can keep doing that. You fall down, hit your head, wah, really pub, we see, stand up and then run again. Them solid guy, right? Uh, will be the soldier of the month kind. The next thing I wanted to know is, um, you know, to solve a possession like this, because you, you hear at the end of the day uh, how it was solved was uh, the parents brought him uh, to a mosque and obviously they did some uh, mm-hmm. cleansing ritual or something like that so um, to solve a possession like this I was just wondering that if you have a certain faith would another religion or another religious sort of cleansing help uh, this is something I always wanted to, to ask so if you guys know maybe you know we can discuss about this but let's say you know I'm Catholic and then but you know I go to a BOMO would it solve things or is it more efficient if it was your own religion? I always wondered that. Well, I mean, E.T., we have uh, we, we have covered stories like this before, right? I mean, uh, I think sometime back, one of your friends actually uh, spoke to us about how there was a Bomo that was involved and then there was that horsehead deity as well that came and dragged the spirit away. So, yeah, conflicting religions, conflicting different faiths involved, but mm. still successful results. Yeah, so right. that's something I wondered, la, that, mm. but similar results but I'm just thinking comparing side by side would your own religious cleansing be more effective than it's you know uh, from a different religion I'm just wondering well once again I mean you know I and this is just my theory like, I feel it's just mm. how how much faith you have the power of your mm. belief as well I suppose if it is your religion something that you grew up with you probably got more power behind your faith and belief for that right mm-hmm. another thing is this um, although I say well, you know it's slightly a possession mm, don't take it back no you, no no you already said it yeah, relax, don't take relax. it back <laughs> relax okay. so you know sometimes how they say that someone's possessed you can't lift them off the ground you know, cause okay, so so then thinking back, um, in my clubbing days in uni, I had a friend. She she was slim, right? She was totally dead drunk, and she's like slim. We tried to lift her. Wow, she weighed like a million tons, lah, like one elephant but, like that. That's why they say like science dead to it, la, that's science right? so, so so I wanted to ask Kim on this, like, what the hell is this science? Why does someone who is awake, if I try to lift her, it's lighter than when someone's like dead weight? What what the hell happens? I mean, like. Does gravity take over? I mean, a different set of gravity rules or what? <laughs> yeah, I actually wonder as well. But there's some science to it. But basically, the weight is is the same. It's just that when we are conscious, we use our muscle to lift ourselves up. But when you you don't have the muscles to lift yourself up, the, basically, that's like the real weight. They call it dead and weight, right? It's like yeah, they call it dead weight like, in, yeah. in layman term. So basically, if you compare uh, carrying a, a, a gunny sack with like some rice in it and you, you put it a, around your shoulder, right? Or, or you carry it with your shoulder. It's actually harder if you were to leave a full bag of rice in a seal tight gunny sack. Mm. Does that make sense? Because it's like, floppy. I mean, E.T., you've had to carry your children, right? Especially when they're like knocked out, right? Like yeah. if they're still awake and you carry them and they know how to mm. kind of like wrap their hands around you and kind of mm. shift their body weight and suddenly it makes mm. you, it's more comfortable for you to carry. But, but when know, they're yeah, knocked yeah, out wait, completely no. so, and then they're just like hanging there, it does feel like they're a lot heavier. No, no, mm. Kids are different. Kids are the other way around. <laughs> when they're awake, they struggle. and, and Yeah, yeah I'm assuming if they're not are. struggling, like they are cooperating <laughs> with you. How often does that happen, bro? They're like a live fish that I catch from the sea. Uh. <laughs> like a That's salmon true. going upstream or something like that. Yeah. That's how I injured my thumb. Uh. Where oh, were you sticking your thumb, E.T.? Under the armpit, you know, holding them like that. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. So anyway, very interesting that you brought up about this whole, you know, feeling mm. very heavy when they're possessed. Because once again, something that will be covered in the next mm. story. But before we go into that, like I mentioned, Sham, uh, anything mm-hmm. worth reading out before we... We go into into that one. Uh, Ling Ling said, you know, his eyes were rolled up and only the whites were seen. How could he have run so accurately on the line without actually looking? Mm. That's an interesting point. Mm. But yeah. And also also with your eyes rolled back means you're in a limp, basically. You can't have you're you can't what? have your just you're in a limp. Basically you're mm. unconscious. Oh, okay. Yeah. When my means daughter rolls her eyes relaxed. me all the time. She just did it today during dinner. <laughs> were you telling a joke? Next, we hear from Celeste, who has another tale involving running. 
we are all part of a varsity school team together. Being part of the varsity team, we have to do PT, we have to run around the whole school. And then this took place back when we had the COVID measures of groups of five. Okay, so we ran in groups of five. Huh? Yeah, so I was not there for the first half of the so-called event. Our team has this senior and junior body system. Okay, so the seniors will run together with their junior body. So I will just call the girl Amelia. About three quarter through their run, Amelia, when she was running, she started mumbling stuff to herself. And then her senior buddy will call Cheryl. Okay, so Cheryl couldn't figure out what Amelia was saying. But then Amelia kept mumbling and mumbling. And then soon Cheryl got very frustrated. And then she thought that Amelia was trying to fake her way out of the run. Cheryl told her, like, uh, if you got energy to talk, then just run faster. Then suddenly, Amelia was like, My name is not Amelia. Everyone else there was quite stunned. Then Cheryl was like, How are you talking about? Then Amelia just kept repeating, like, this is not Amelia. My name is not Amelia. And then all of a sudden, she stopped running and then she lay on the floor. Uh, not really like the fainted kind, but more of like a starfish kind. So Cheryl tried to get Amelia to get up or like finish the run because, you know, maybe faking it like Shaq really. But then no matter what, like, Amelia didn't move at all. So since we ran in groups, I was one of the first few groups to run. And then Amelia and Cheryl, they were the last few groups. Uh, I was like, eh, how come they take so long to come back? So I ran backwards to try and find them. So when I reached there, I saw Amelia lying on the floor. Then I was like, eh, what the hell happened? So my first instinct, right, I, I ran towards Amelia and then I put her head on my shoulder. So she was lying down, I was sitting on the floor and then her head was like, on my shoulder, neck there. And then uh, I asked her, Amelia, are you okay? Do you know who I am? Then suddenly, what she did was she tilted her head backwards and then her eyeball kind of rolled backwards and then she just stared at me. I got damn concerned. Then I was like, Amelia, are you okay? Then she just kept saying, my name is not Amelia. And then all of a sudden, she took her whole face, stuffed her whole face inside her mouth. It was the whole thing was inside and then she was biting down herself. So Cheryl and this other girl was trying to open up uh, Amelia's jaw. And then I tried to pull up her face from her mouth. And then while I was pulling, right, I can literally feel like her teeth like dragging on her skin. So that, that was how hard she was biting down. Then after that, she suddenly let out a very loud growl. It's a very deep sound that I think it's impossible to come from Amelia because she is a very, very petite girl. Like, like that. Mm. Kind of like really very deep. Okay, then uh, at the point we were very concerned that maybe it's some medical emergency. So we were like, okay, maybe we should bring her to the hospital. So I decided to just drive her. I took my car, went to Amelia, and then she was still on the ground. She refused to move. And then me and Cheryl, both of us, we tried to lift her up on the ground. It was very weird because she's very petite. She was about 40 plus kg. And then me and uh, Cheryl, we both, because varsity team, we both gym, we do daily. So we can at least shift her a bit, but she was literally like, part of the ground, like couldn't move at all. Then we were damn confused. Then at the point, it's like, okay, never mind. Let's call the ambulance. So ambulance came, paramedics arrived. Then we explained the situation to them. They were like, okay, uh, can you get up uh, to the ambulance or whatever? So she just lay there, right? So the moment they tried to grab her, she stood on her own. And then she, her personality suddenly changed. She suddenly became very, very feminine. Like, it's really my like her. She would be like, Oh, no, um, I'm fine. Everything's okay, yeah. Then when I touched her shoulder, like, the media, are you sure you're okay? Then she like, you know, she like sweep her shoulder and she was like, Hey, don't touch me. I'm fine. And yeah, it's really not her at all. So we were very confused. Yeah, so the ambulance brought her to the hospital and then me and Cheryl took her staff to the hospital to wait for her parents. So yeah, we were quite scared like, because of like in case the parents get angry or whatever. So in the end, like her whole family came down, like mother, father, brothers. The thing is, her parents didn't look worried at all. They were very, very calm. Yeah, and then when we passed her mother, her staff, right, she she just smiled and oh, thank you. So we thought, okay, maybe she's just being polite. So throughout that night, all of us were thinking, okay, maybe they might be a personality staff. Okay, until um, Amelia's mother texted Cheryl and then she asked her, do you think my daughter is possessed? That's what freaked us out the most. And yeah, I think a lot of things we cannot really use science to explain like, in our case. Yeah, but then ever since then, 
uh, Amelia left the team and then we didn't really have any follow-up regarding her. So yeah, it just, the whole thing just ended there. In a way, the parents were not surprised. I, I guess this is not the first time they may have seen her like this. Yeah, that's what we talked to. You know, especially parents, right? They'd be freaking out. They'd be wondering, like, what happened to my little girl? Why? Especially if they had taken to her to a hospital and, you know, by ambulance or more. Plus, the fact that the mother asked a question, I guess it's sort of maybe a common occurrence to them. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be that something is inside her and just decides to come out and make an appearance as and when. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't start from when you guys first saw it. Initially, you're thinking maybe it's personality disorder. But then it can't explain how two like pretty big sized girls can't lift a 40 kg girl off the ground. Yeah. I'm usually not a very, uh, how do you say? Yeah, yeah, I'm a skeptic. Yeah, but then ever since then, I'm like, there's, there's nothing that can explain. We still think about it once in a while and it gets spit out. Okay, because the path that we were running that when that thing happened, right, it was quite a secluded forested area. So, we think that maybe because uh, this Amelia girl, her stamina wasn't very good also. Because they kept maybe at the point her energy is at the lowest and somehow the area is quite, it's quite eerie as an eerie feeling. So maybe that's when something decide to, you know, disturb her. Radio Paranormal It's a good story, uh, legit. I, I've seen this for myself, uh, not this same incident, so I can totally relate. And uh, when it happened to me, uh, what I saw was pretty similar. But yeah, it, it comes back to the whole dead weight thing. When I saw it, I was still in, I think, secondary school, maybe poly. And that was before I started going clubbing and stuff and uh, experimenting with dead weight and dead drunk friends. And then you realize like, yeah, it is Experimenting. Possible. Yes. <laughs> then when, when they're on the floor, right? Then everybody's like, hey, let's try and lift this person up. And you're like, no, people, not I hope people you know, you're not just like oh, just going around to random hobos on the ground and just trying to pick <laughs> them up. Let's random just stop everybody. Gross, man. Every, like covered in puke and piss like that. It's okay. <laughs> like you, you're going home on your own somehow tomorrow morning. But uh, yeah, it is possible. Okay, but what about that whole, um, the whole like sticking the, the fist right into her mouth? I mean, that's a weird kink. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I mean, I've never I seen that. It's a small, <laughs> small fist. Yeah, maybe she's got a small hand. Okay, let, let's experiment, okay? We all try. Any of y'all stick your fist in your mouth? No, I can't. I'm not going to try. I, I can't. I'm not gonna I can't. Try I, I got a big okay? fist I'm or I got a small mouth. <laughs> I think it's easier with a wine glass, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, just okay, so Sham, hantu or no hantu? Hantu. Oh, not, not a case where oh, she was so tired, you know, she started no. to hallucinate, you know, psychosis set in and then she started doing weird things, no. I mean, the, the, her mom seemed to not really be bothered, right? So, it's happened before. Okay, mm-hmm. alright. Well, for me, I'm actually a totally opposite from Sham. I don't think it's anything that has to do with paranormal. Um, because it's during the day. So, basically, there's a condition, I mean, everyone have tried running under a hot sun and sometimes you know when you get dehydrated or sometimes you have experienced mm-hmm. friends got dehydrated i mean i personally I'm, I'm a runner and i was in track and field there are many occasions that people just get so dehydrated they got their electrolyte imbalance and they have the similar problem but in this case i think there's also an underlying um, mental health problem it could be because i also encounter a lot of um, family therapy parents coming asking me oh it's 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 uh, how come my daughter behaves certain way how come my children behave certain way mm. there's always an explanation on that and plus it's not really a if you compare this story compared to uh samsuna's story in the camp this doesn't sound like a full-blown possession yeah so. putting the fist in is actually quite normal biting yourself is actually quite normal uh, a normal presentation when you're dehydrated with like electrolyte imbalance what about the different Severe electrolyte. well yeah same thing because mm. it's alter your brain your, your mental status basically right yeah so exactly like what kim says uh my first thoughts definitely mental issues um the stuff that she did i think is consistent um, someone with uh you know mentally disturbed and stuff like that but certain things are pretty consistent as well with a typical possession um yes i understand it's a bit it sounds very psychological and you know people do harm themselves but biting an arm 
writing something uh, I think it's uh, normal for someone who is mentally disturbed but taking the entire feast and putting it in your mouth it's not easy and then her changing voices so it's not just one voice she had the very very low voice right uh, that's it some stuff and then later on when someone else grabbed her she was a different pers- okay it sounds bipolar she suddenly becomes this feminine oh I'm okay and everything like that so hantus do make people speak in different voices to get the message across you know so sometimes to hide and not to get exercise they do become a different personality so that you know in a way they they kind of hide and act so that people wouldn't think that they are possessed but close friends know how she sounds and how she acts so in a sense this really does sound something beyond what science can explain so which is why i think it's very interesting that we had two back-to-back cases of possession yeah and um of course they were jogging in some secluded forested area um it's also well known sometimes when you go to such places you don't ask for permission you might actually step on an offering or something that maybe the person's okay not the person the thing's house so they do get attached to you so yes i would label this story as a possession Okay, so Lynette, take me back to the beginning when you first uh, realised you had this ability to see apparitions. Oh, when I first moved to this Amokyo Avenue 4, mm. I used to travel downstairs because I couldn't sleep at night. So I would take a walk downstairs at the void there. Then I happened to see, no, nobody is usually downstairs, but this old guy walking alone, you know. But I only could see his back, like a normal person walking. Right. And then a week later, his wife shared with me a picture and said that, oh, her husband's death and was coming. So because I only could see the side of his face, you, but still I could more or less remember how he looked like. Right. And she showed me a picture of him. And I was so shocked to see the picture because he was exactly the same person that I saw. Oh, wow. So this was when you were living in Ang Mo Kyo. Yeah. You weren't a child. This was at when you were an adult already, when you had your first experience. I was about 50 plus. 50 plus. So that's actually quite late to develop this ability to be able to yeah. see apparitions to have the third eye. I think so too. Okay. That was the beginning. After that, because I usually keep the door open, mm. And there was this transparent looking thing that keep running up and down the corridor. Mm. So, you know, I could only see part, part of the head and part of the legs mm. and some of the body parts. It started going up and down, you know, and during hungry goes, you could see it turn orange. What, turn orange? Sorry, what? Yeah, the whole transparent thing, right? Mm. It will turn orange. Okay. So, I was like, you no, know, I'm beginning to... Uh, not say get scared la, but you're wondering hey, how come from transparent to orange mm. so uh, then you realise that oh it is somebody uh, that is bothered by something so I ask the residents around did anybody commit suicide and then they tell me on the 10th floor there was somebody and I got a history of the person so um, I decided to do something uh, first, I tried to communicate with the spirit. How did you try to communicate? Like when he passed by, right? Mm. I would communicate in such a way that I would speak my mind out and tell him to cross over and not linger around the corridor. So when you when you speak, when you say you speak your mind out, are you you're speaking out loud with your with your voice or just in your mind? No, I'm speaking out like how I'm talking to you. Okay. So, uh, then he didn't want to listen, I think. He still continued. Um, running back and forth. Yeah. After that, I found that he was not running around anymore. Mm. And then the neighbor's children was always crying. Okay. So, I suspected that he must be hiding near the staircase. Mm. So, uh, I went there and then you could feel a strong cold wind blowing Mm. And you cannot extend it if you don't have holy water with you. Mm. So the next time I went to that place, I got holy water. And that was New Year's Eve, I think three years ago. And I said a short prayer, sprinkled holy water, told him that it's time for him to go home mm. and let God take over the 
problem that started here on the 10th floor. Mm. And then when you come back the next day, he's no longer at the staircase. So the uh, holy water worked? Yes, you, you know that he has already crossed over and that makes me feel happy. Okay. Obviously, this was a situation where, you know, you you spoke out, you tried to communicate with the spirit. Has a spirit ever tried to communicate with you? Not really, but maybe when I went downstairs one night, very late, and I saw this uh, half-transparent and half-non-transparent thing screaming away. Screaming away? Yeah. So, I think it's a Pontiana, like what people say. Right. So, I was so terrified of it. I was very frightened. So, I quickly ran upstairs, took the holy water, brought it down, sprinkled all over the Please. Was she still there when you were sprinkling the holy water? When I sprinkled, it disappeared completely. <laughs> wow, you are very brave, Lynette. You see a Pontiana, not only do you run away, but you actually come back. Yeah, when you have know the power of holy water, you will not be afraid. Mm. And then you have your crucifix on your neck. What is there to be afraid? Okay. Yeah. And obviously during the Hungry Ghost Month, uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, you tend to see a lot more of these figures around. Yeah, but I don't see the human figure. Mm. You normally see the transparent ones. Okay, so immediately, straight off the bat, you know there's no confusion. You know that they are people that passed on. Yeah, and sometimes uh, when you see the fruit, on, like you know, the Chinese like to put fruit as offering, right? Today you see four fruits. The next day you come, you see only three. Oh, really? So you know that oh, the ghost already ate one fruit, lah. Have you ever seen like a like a spirit during Hungry Ghost Month actually eating the offerings? No, not at all. Mm. But I always make it a point not to go near the offerings. <sighs> okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. You developed this ability quite late in your in your life, right? Yeah. Would you consider it uh, a blessing or a curse? A blessing. Because I think it's a blessing because you can help a lot of lost souls, right? Cross over the other side. Why not? Mm. I mean, this is a God-given gift. So I think it's good that I'm able to use this gift to help the people that need to cross over. Well, this tells me something about you, Lalinet. You are Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> don't, don't look behind you. This is RPS. Kim, you were very intrigued by this story, right? Because uh, I remember when you first heard it, you were like, see, 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 people see different coloured hantu. Spirits come in different colours, right? Well, I mean, I have my fair share of like experience with like coloured spirits. It's, it's very interesting that Lynette shared like the whole experience about like, you know, from from murky white, you know, turning into like orange colour. Mm. But actually, there's a definition to it though of like what she sees okay in psychology we have what we call a, a color psychology and each color that portrays in our mind represents something so um i don't know if this is relatable um according to a story but she developed this at a later stage which is yeah. very strange mm-hmm. and i've heard stories about like people developing all this um ability you know, mm-hmm. after a, a traumatic event or in psychology, we call it a post-traumatic um, response, basically. Right. Okay. And there's even a study by Dr. Lenore Tear, I think. It was actually confirmed that many ghost um, reports are actually a result of hallucination of a traumatic experience. Okay, so back um, to the colour, okay? I mean, can you take us yeah. through the different colours? Like, this colour means what, that colour means what? Do you remember? Wow, there's a lot though. I think in colour psychology, there's at least about 26 significant colours that represents our belief or emotions. It's like, you know, ranges from like um, transparent white, orange, bright red, green, yellow, burgundy, fuchsia... No, there's like 26 colors of it. So when she actually mentioned white, basically in a paranormal world or a paranormal explanation, it basically means like just harmless spirits, right. which it's pretty much the same as your color psychology because it doesn't have any of those 
um, high and low spectrum. But something color. like a something like a red. Red means um. It's like angry. <laughs> I don't think red signifies anger, hmm. but I think it's more of like a deep, scented um energy that you're feeling that is kind of low that you you want to unleash out but you couldn't it means like you're almost like suppressed oh so basically yeah so basically in in color psychology we'll send them for meditation and things like that but in a paranormal like for mediums and other beliefs they would think that like it's malicious that you probably need a little bit of cleansing which is pretty similar to meditation okay. so what was yeah. orange again sorry basically if it's bright orange it signifies um i think white Ta-da. is not no. <laughs> Is that all? Pineapple, is it pineapple or something? That's yellow lah. That's yellow. It's not bright orange. I think bright orange is more of like a belief of like uh, something that needed a protection or or you feel protected. If if you meditate, right? Mm. If you meditate, when you close your eyes, there are different series of colors that you get to see, right? Mm. At first you see Mm -hmm. a bright light and Mm. then after that, it changes the colors according to your emotions. Mm. And that's how we assess your state of mind so if it's if it's bright orange it indicates that um it's either you need a protection or you're protected or it's 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 actually a, a good feeling Color. okay right. yeah okay. all right et go ahead i usually hear about translucent beings uh, which is what people usually see um but changing color to orange was something new to me and I never knew that color was a thing in the other world also. Lah. And as uh, Kim explained, maybe that makes some sense. But to be honest, I've never really heard of an orange color uh, entity before. Okay, um, next thing is she was really a brave lady. But I don't think I actually approach her and, and want to help them. Lah. Right, but she's damn brave. Lah. <laughs> Somehow she can't imagine this auntie with uh, holy water comes down and trying to help this this you know uh, entities. Really, to me, I, I totally respect her uh, because it was out of goodwill. You know, mm-hmm. so she wanted to help them go across. I mean, she was just very, very caring, like, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's why maybe they come to her because sometimes mm-hmm. entities uh, do sense whether someone is a friendly force or someone that's, mm-hmm. you know, there to exterminate them. Yeah. Um, so I actually wonder whether she actually helped them cross over or she exterminated them with the holy water. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, because well, I, she I guess them, it comes right. down to which ones were malicious <laughs> lah. You know, KK Hing said, you know, like wow, uh, chickpon will react to holy water, and that that's one thing I've always wondered. Like, does religion matter? Yeah. So it, it I guess it's the power of your belief behind your faith, right? Sorry, yeah. I, I got that from uh, you know watching Friday Night. It's like, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you have enough faith in what it is that you are believing. Yeah. So you know. Yes, we all think it's a very nice, beautiful story. She helped them across, but maybe she exterminated them. Oops. No, she just burned them and just disappeared from the very place that they were supposed to be residing. You know, like but how nonetheless, that, it's out of goodwill. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like those pest exterminators come and they just get rid of the entire nest and then the person doesn't have a home anymore. So, I'm just saying like, that that could end that way. We all like the happy ending, but that could be a possibility. Okay. okay. <laughs> Next, with regards to food offerings disappearing, it's not the hantu okay um, you know usually it's our little friends that you know the ones that took yeah. refuge on Noah's Ark mm. I mean mm-hmm. haven't you seen birds and cats eating or having a buffet feast the pigeons the cats they're having a ball of a time because I mean you know people are offering food to them you know imagine them they come wow every year right this particular month is like buffet month because they get free food all the time yeah okay. so um, there's no secrets here um, likely it's not the entity I mean the theory is the entities come and they uh, lick or eat the food off the sole of the actual food. Uh, they don't really eat the physical food. Uh, mm-hmm. Assuming that that actually happens, uh, that's what I'm saying. But usually it's the cats and the birds eating it up. They actually just sniff though. What? They just they just smell and they sniff. What the hantu? Yeah. Assuming that's true lah, but you know. Oh, I thought it. you were talking about the animals. You're talking about the hantu yeah, that go there and smell and sniff. Friend, but they have friend. no nose. They have no sense of smell. How do they sniff? I don't know. I I don't see their features, but basically uh-huh. they just go near to the place and that's it. Yeah, because they have no mouth, what? That's why they can't eat. And you know, surprisingly, I actually tried and tasted. Yeah, both you and Et have, have, have done uh, have done uh, these uh, experiments, right? So what, you squat, you squat by the side of the candles and you start eating it or what? No, no, no. Because when when I was much younger, right, when we have to pray, you know, by the roadside, um, that was back in Malaysia because I was originally from there, right. And my mom will always make me to do the prayers because just to appease them so that I will not be disturbed. Well, for a second, there I thought your mom made you eat the food after that. Yeah. <laughs> so no, nothing goes I, to waste. 
I try. Yeah. But they do, I right? I, I, I heard that, you know, after they do offerings, after a specific time, okay, this one, okay, maybe not the side of the roads, but, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, at the altar. Uh, tributes, you know, memorials yeah, altar, yeah. and things like that where they, they buy all these things, they offer after, you know, like a hour or something like that, you know, they are then allowed to actually eat uh, what they Those put Those are up. fine. Yeah. Those are fine. If you, if you, uh, give offerings to those that you pray for, like your ancestors. Mm. Those are fine, but to for for spirits and also for the dead, not fine. All right, final story of the night, Kim. Take it away. So basically, it happened around six years back. I was um, staying in another place, and somehow it's it's just me myself occupying the place. And um, it was a rental place. Uh. Uh, the rest of the tenant, um, I mean, I'm the only tenant, and my landlord recently just, just moved out. And she has a, a baby, a young baby, and a, a toddler, uh, basically a trio. So, you know, those um, educational uh, electronic stuff where you have like the ABCD on it? You know, you it was press actually it hanging. And then it, it says the letters out, right? Yeah, so it was actually um, uh, hanging um, at the door, uh, basically the balcony, uh, the sliding door. You know, every every year um, during Hungry Ghost Festival or the month, right, I will just try to distract myself from like, you know, exercising or do whatever. Just basically don't don't leave the, the house or just don't go home late at night because that's what I believe that I will, you know, get into like some other stuff. So I was preparing to go to the gym and I remember it was raining. It was about to rain. So it was really like windy and I was uh, staying at the 20th plus floor. So I was, uh, you know, getting ready and I was trying to put on my socks in the living room. And then suddenly, to my horror, <laughs> that thing started making noise like singing the ABC song I was like okay that's quite odd because there's no one around right I thought it was like just the wind you know blowing and then accidentally the thing flew and then pressed on some buttons but then you know the electronic thing right was actually facing me and I saw the place where you place the battery right it was actually empty because there wasn't any cover does that make sense can you guys imagine? So there's no battery inside <laughs> this device, but it's still coming on and making noise. I mean, if you make noise, if there's battery, okay, like, I can brush it aside because I'm brave enough now, right? I have so many other experiences and just don't care, la, basically. <laughs> but this thing doesn't have any batteries. No and there's no wired connection or anything like that. No, 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 of course not. It's battery operated. It's not wired. <laughs> And what did you do? I don't know. What did you I do? I don't know. Immediately, I froze. And then, <laughs> I couldn't run away because it's actually in my house. But I need to pass this question to, to E.T. La. I think you're paka, no? You just went for <laughs> high tilao. So, okay, okay, we just come out of this story, right? So, we just push E.T. to the corner, right? So, we just take on this fella. <laughs> Why I don't know this story earlier? See, I got no time to risk it. Yeah. Is because, it possible? Because, is it possible for a an electronic device to come on on its own without any battery in it? Were you the only one that heard it? Yes. Mm. Do you have enough? And then sleep? I invited. So. Well, of course. <laughs> I, it's only eight o'clock. He was gonna say that. <laughs> Were you tired? <laughs> no, of course not. I was never tired. I only sleep like four hours. Four and a half. You see, you only me. slept four hours. See what I mean? A well, normal human should sleep more than that. That's my. That's normal me. <laughs> no, it's not normal for normal humans. So what are you saying? You're saying that she lack of sleep. You know, okay, she was so not the next in the right question I'm going to ask: mind. Why? Why do you think the sound came on? I think that that's a more important question. Why? Mm. I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even prepared for the sound to come on. It was just heavy wind, and that thing was swinging and swaying, and once after the gush of wind disappeared and started singing ABC I was like shh <laughs> better not <laughs> and the thing lighted up and everything or it's just the, the, the sound and it's just the sound it's just the sound so there were no lights up. yeah it was actually so, just a panel so are you then... certain that the sound came from that particular direction okay, why I'm saying this is because I have many ghostly encounters with my children's toys um, okay so this one doesn't have batteries but could it be a possibility that other toys that make a similar sound that could have well, basically, yeah. my landlord just shifted out and she left behind this thing. She she totally forgot about it and house was empty. I haven't even, you know, get my furniture in. They said for one sofa, 
Okay, no. I, I have a question. Okay, when you uh, moved into this place, right? This device thing was already there. Yeah. And to your knowledge, a battery had never was never in that thing from the time you moved in. So how do you know? No, no, no. There was because uh, my landlord stayed with me for a week. Okay, so you had actually heard this thing when it was on before okay so yes, that I is why you recognize that that mm. abc that you heard was the same abc tune that you had heard in the past mm. so it must be coming from that particular device and no other device could it be possible that maybe your next door neighbor also had the same device and maybe their children were playing with it and you kind of well, heard the units were quite far away from but you know how sound travels through solids right but it's so loud it's just right in front of me and it was the same song can't be the, my can you sing the song can you sing the song for us so I of course not I'm not going to sing it I don't want to invite anything man <laughs> it's okay seventh month over already yeah, no no it's no, already no, no, the, no it's no, the eighth no. month yeah. no way no way no way no 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 no, no. It's just so it's just A B C D that kind of song or what? no it's the it's, it's you know those China know, so kind of like, electronic <laughs> and then they sing like Hamid, A B C like Hamid or something like that no 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 <laughs> I just think, right, perhaps there were never ever any batteries in it. And even back when she was staying with you and you heard it go off, there were never batteries in it. And that's why this lady was already freaked out, did not want to bring it with her. Tim should, right? should be a horror movie director. La. Right. Had it happened to me before, totally believe it. So I, I, I used to, uh, when I was studying in Australia, I, I used to have my own room, right? And and one of the figures I collect um, is Iron Man. And this Iron Man had a battery compartment, so the arc reactor and the eyes could light up. And uh, one, one evening, I felt a bit odd and came to check the room, basically. And uh, the arc reactor and the eyes of the figurine, they were turned on. I, I was a bit weirded out because I felt a bit odd. So I, I spoke to the air and just told the entity like, you don't belong here, you're not welcome here, please leave. And I went to do my own thing. I came back later and I checked on the figure and yeah, there were no batteries inside because I always take the batteries out in case they leak and destroy the figure. Maybe this was such an awesome replica of Iron Man that the arc reactor powers itself. Yeah, it actually works, right? But yeah, so that happened and uh, my youngest brother had a Tickle Me Elmo and that thing would go off on its own even after we took the batteries out so we dumped it. Hey, this this tickle me El- Elmo. Uh. You yeah, are not the really... only one. You are not the only one that had it. I remember um, when we were doing uh, in our previous show, right? Mm-hmm. There were a couple of people with the same story. This tickle me Elmo thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe we should buy one for our kids. All right. So with that, how the story? Ikki, I'm just signing off. Okay. Good night, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> in other words, you know, women and their imagination, right? Wow. You don't know this theory, okay, right? Okay. Okay. We need to stop. We're gonna get cancelled. <laughs> I've learned to recognize the signs when he's about to say things that get guys in trouble. So I should just keep going, lah. <laughs> Radio Paranormal Singapore. Once again, to catch the live show in its entirety, head to the Radio Paranormal Singapore page on Facebook. Don't forget to like, follow, and share our content too. Always helps to reach a wider audience so we can accumulate more stories for the show. And if you have stories to add, either your personal encounters or just ones you've heard, once again, you can reach out to us. Contact details also on our FB page. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, we'd be much obliged if you gave us a sweet review and rating on whatever platform you're streaming from. Until our next installment, my name is Timo, and on behalf of E.T., Sham, and Kim, keep streaming and keep screaming. You're listening to Radio Paranormal Singapore. And they're listening to...
RPS Extra. He finished up training and then he was walking back at night after training and stuff back to his dorm. And then he heard a few people talking. I mean, he initially thought it was Chinese, but then when as he got closer, it sounded Japanese. He was familiar with that because he did an elementary Japanese course and stuff. So he was familiar. He could make out that it was Japanese. Okay, so um, he heard Japanese people talking, and he's got as he got closer, he got he saw a few soldiers at a table just chatting okay uh, so he initially he looked at the uniform then he was like these uniforms don't look like the uniforms worn by the singapore armed forces right and they were holding rifles and all that and then as he got closer these men suddenly stopped talking and they turned around he could hear the chairs moving like you could hear the chairs they turned around and looked at him and then he was like okay <laughs> i'm just going to walk through i'm not going to heed it in mind so yeah so that was the first story so the, unfortunately i don't know the the place the setting it's all in putal tukum but i don't know the exact place where he where he was walking through it stuff like that